This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast on location at Las Vegas Summer League. My name is Brian Robb, joined by Sweet Chitrata, also of MassLive.com, as we record late night here in Sin City on <laughs> a Wednesday night. The Celtics fresh off their first Summer League win behind uh, a pretty... Impressive effort by Jordan Walsh. We'll get to that later. First things, though, so we, we have some bigger fish to fry here. Uh, Brad Stevens making his first remarks uh, to us mm-hmm. here in Vegas late Wednesday night after the Celtics make a bunch of things official on Wednesday. They, the, the Grant Williams signing trade is done. The Christos Porzingis extension is done. Jalen Brown's extension not done yet, but Brad Stevens mm-hmm. feeling optimistic about it. Suichi... I think this is the the biggest topic left for the Celtics here. What what's your read on the, the comments tonight, and where uh, how soon do you think this gets wrapped up here? Yeah, I think like you said, he's optimistic, and I think that's pretty much how all Celtics fans are pretty much feeling about the Jalen extension and everything like that. I'm sure it's just you know it's been well reported by you and elsewhere about the player options, uh, incentives, and all those kinds of things. But yeah, I, I thought it was good that Brad was. You know, even just saying optimistic, I think is a good thing, right? Because obviously you can't really say anything of substance just because of the way negotiations work and also league rules and all these fun things. But I think I, I think they're just pretty much going to figure it out in the next few weeks here. Um, you've written about it a lot on MathLive.com, but that's pretty much it. Like, there's not really too much news in the sense of Brad talking about an extension he can't really talk about, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, like him feeling safe enough to stay optimistic is just mm-hmm. is to like you know, that's a guy who doesn't like to stay stuff like off the cuff, if you will. So I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So like, whatever haggling is being done here is not something that I think either side is going to be, you know, willing to give in a little bit. And I guess we'll be interested to see what like whether it's the the player option, whether it's the the trade kicker, whether it's Mm-hmm. Um, you know, incentives, etc. Like it's gonna get done, and I'm just curious. I'm curious to see which side gives a little bit on it, and because I think mm-hmm. both sides probably feel like they have pretty good leverage on this front. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, some I think I've seen some Celtics fans maybe not want to give Jalen the extension, but this is pretty much what you got to do: just asset management, roster wise, and everything like that. And I think you know. We don't have to go too into depth, in depth on this here, Bira, but I just think that Jalen, like the pendulum has swung a little bit too much the other way, right? Like earlier in the playoffs, 2023 was, is Jalen better than Jason? And I was like, okay, let's let's cool out a little bit. And then by the end of it, obviously against, uh, you know, and I'm I'm not going to say Jalen played well against the Heat, right? He said he, he failed his team after game seven. He did. But he's coming off a very good season, all in second team, all NBA. Sure, at times, right, there are going to be criticisms. Um, you know, his dribbling the past two series against the Heat in 2023 and 22 were not great. But at the end of the day, this is a 26-year-old guy who's going, who's a part of your team, your core, a homegrown player, all these good things. And, and it just makes sense to sign him to an extension, right? Not necessarily, you know, he doesn't, he, it's not, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to finish out the extension with, in Boston, right? That like five years is a very long time on top of the, this upcoming season. But like I said, just in terms of asset management, like you got to kind of make that deal. So I think, you know, like you said, optimism is always a good thing if you're a Celtics fan. And I think that's kind of how you, right? Like 
if there was anything brewing, it, it would seem like there would be more more smoke, but it doesn't that doesn't seem to be the case uh, through the negotiations through summer league so far. Yeah, I mean, I think those are all good points, and especially in the playoff stuff, like the Heat series was easily maybe is like not his worst series of his like career, but pretty close when you look at the numbers there. And he, but he did have a very good mm. postseason up to that. And yeah, this is like the best case scenario for the Celtics is that like he plays out this contract in Boston because that means they, you know, won a title or two. And mm-hmm. that that gives you the incentive to say, okay, we got to keep these guys together. We'll just figure the rest out around them. And that's the course that's you try that first before you try anything else right now. So that's that's mm-hmm. why he signed that deal. He's getting that locked in. The Celtics are getting him locked in. He's going to probably be here for at least a couple more years and maybe a lot longer hmm. um, depending on how this plays out. But um, yeah, the other, other one other part of his remarks that the three sentences he gave us on, it was like, we're all going to sit down and figure this out. Which means <laughs> felt like, okay, so I wonder if like, they're going to have <laughs> Jalen hasn't been like in the room for these negotiations yet. And, or if that will like, if that had any bearing at, at all in this, that, that that's the other thing that kind of caught my eye in those comments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and looking back at it now, as I, as I literally look at it now, uh, you asked this question, B-Rob, I, I was pretty open about what he thought about this roster, right? Like, he had a couple of roster spots. Um, he signed Delano Banton and Ocho Bissett, so I, both six, seven guys, and I, I always kind of thought the Celtics kind of needed more of those players who fit that size profile, right? Uh, especially during the regular season, so I, I thought those were some pretty good, you know, like, right from veteran, veteran minimum signings, like, you know, you're not going to make it. Um, he said he'd like a little bit more depth, maybe on the wing, maybe a 3-4 type, feel pretty good about his wings, and they have a couple two-way spots. So I think, uh, you know, I think that's pretty much right about where you, like in your assessment of the Celtics, like I think that's pretty much where everyone is. I, I would say maybe you do want, I don't know, I still feel like you, you want a little bit more playmaking personally, just because, right, I feel like that's after you lose Marcus, who's arguably your best playmaker last year, like I, I think I would like to see that. I don't know, you know, who exactly that would be. I personally thought like a Pat Bev on a veteran's minimum would be decent, but obviously I ended up getting Banton. So but overall, I, th- I thought that was kind of eye-opening. He doesn't, Brad, I feel like never really says that, right? Um, Like you said, in terms of the optimism angle with Jalen. So I thought that was, a little, that caught my eye a little bit. Yeah, the, I agree. And I'm also like, he also said he feels pretty good about the bigs. I think a lot of people were like, Oh, like they need, <laughs> they need like, you know, the dirt mm-hmm. of your bigs is like not great. So that mm-hmm. was like, oh, so that makes me think a couple of things. One, it's like, all right, Luke Cornett's probably safe if he feels good about the bigs. Like mm-hmm. that's not guaranteed yeah. deal, but that's, that's your, you know, third string center insurance, I guess. Um, but you know, not the worst. No, I no, guess. I mean, it, that's, listen, that's, that's fine. Like, can he eat minutes? Can he innings? Yeah. Exactly. Great, great analogy. Great innings eater. Um, but then it's like Brissette, I guess, is more of a big in his mind then, because if he's saying he wants another okay. three four type, then you kind of think that Brissette's that guy. But maybe there's another guy mm-hmm. here, and I don't know. Like the the free agent market right now is not really <laughs> promising, if you will. <laughs> like what's left out there as far as well, Chris, Christian Wood doesn't move you. I agree, uh, I'm shocked. I think, you know, like even guys like that are probably going to say no because they think they're going to be able to play somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it makes me just wonder, like, okay, are they, 
you know, you going after a three, four type with that TPE and these picks or, mm. or you got something else up your sleeve? Like I, that's, that's the sort of stuff that will probably, you know, play out over the next few weeks as the the rest of the league kind of is stand still right now, waiting for the Lillard or Harden shooters shoes to drop. Yeah. And this will be a good transition to talking about the grant sign and trade, which was official earlier Wednesday. Uh, I do wonder if maybe they they look at Brissett as a guy who could fill those grant minutes, right? Um, I think Brissett's going to be able to do most of that. Like, obviously, the shooting is is kind of a big question mark, right? He's not a very good three-point shooter. Grant shot 40-plus percent the past two seasons and everything like that. So that, that to me, is kind of like, an okay, like, I see the vision, but, you know, it won't be quite the same. Obviously, that's why Grant got that deal that he did. Um yeah, I, I'm curious to see how they look at that, though, just because, like you said, right, like at this point on the free agency market, like even if you sign a big man on a veteran's minimum, like are, how much better are they going to be than a Luke Cornette, right? So I, I think that's just another question that they'll have to answer. But like Brad said, they have a couple two-way spots, a couple roster spots open. So I think uh, I think it's kind of interesting. But, you know, like I said, in transitioning about Grant, like, you know, like he had good things to say about Grant. I am curious, and we we talked about this the last time I was on here. But just Grant was a look. I I think Grant fits well on this roster on a rookie deal, but for what he wanted in terms of money and playing time, like it just wasn't going to fit there. So it it, it seems like this was it, it seemed like that was a good move by Grant at least to you know go 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 play with Luca, go get those open three pointers, go play good defense and everything. And then Celtics will have to kind of rely on Brissett here to fill those minutes in. Yeah, it's certainly when the payroll's like this, you just can't. It's not as mm-hmm. easy to pay your, you know, eighth man fifteen million dollars a year. But <laughs> at the same time, it's it's a rarity to when you like your contending team and you just traded your mm-hmm. what would have been your eighth man for like second round picks, which is also like okay, yeah. are you trying to win now or not? When and that's where it'll be interesting to see with all these picks they've stockpiled of like how quickly they're saying, is that going to be, you know, we want guys in place for camp to, to build the best continuity, et cetera. Um, or is that mm-hmm. stuff to say, okay, let's see what we have here and then make, have the flexibility to make more adjustments over the course of the year. And so that's how much they lean into it. It sounds like they're leaning in terms of um, adding more now, but, do you like what it like you said is it just the minimum deals or is it something more than that that uh they have mm-hmm. cooking on the potential trade market yeah right that that the mythical star maybe maybe it's a dame you know yeah yeah i that that dream seems to be uh has left, left the station at this point but uh I don't, but think I, don't it's left the for, yeah, I don't think it's off the stage for any team right now so, yeah that, that that's parked it's an uh, emergency <laughs> break is on game for the, for the moment. Um, other than that, and this, I guess we can, we can wrap up with this. Brad, Brad Stevens pretty pumped up about Jordan Walsh, even though he wants him to take more three pointers. That was uh, <laughs> another big rant there. Yeah. Uh, I thought the same watching Celtics Lakers. I was like, this dude's got to shoot, man. It's summer league. Like if you missed, you miss. Like, I think he had a couple, couple air balls on Wednesday, but Hey, it happens. You're 19 years old. Uh, you're learning, right? This is like your first action of professional ball. Like I remember hearing just, you know, summer league players just talking about it's a faster game compared to college. And of course it is right. These are guys, you know, 
not NBA caliber, but they're at least a lot of them are at least you know getting getting paid and all those good things. So, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I'll be Rob, I've been pretty impressed with what Jordan Walsh has shown, right? Like the first game, he hit a bunch of three pointers, and I was like, oh, I don't think that's very sustainable going forward. And you know, game two kind of fell back a little bit, but he he dug himself out of a slow start in game three against the Lakers, and you know, helped uh mount that comeback win over uh you know. Especially that third quarter, like I was super impressed. Like he was yelling at and everything. Like I remember there was one play where Celtics got called for an illegal screen and then Jordan hit a three pointer and it didn't count and he was struggling, but he like yelled really loud. I'm like, oh man, like this guy, like he's like he's ready to play, like he's into this and everything. So I think uh, you know, last thing I'd just say is I remember I asked Brad about Jordan on draft night, right? Kind of a footnote after the market trade, but Brad kind of made those comments about swallowing up. Uh, Jordan being able to swallow people up defensively, and I think you can see that with a seven-two frame. And uh, I know Celtics fans are pretty hyped about Jordan. I don't know, you know, it'll be it'll be fun to watch his development. But uh, a lot a lot of good things there. Don't think he'll necessarily crack the rotation, but that's not the expectation next season. Yeah, just I mean, he seems to understand his role well. Like in terms of even in the summer league situation, like they, I was. I mean, we talked in the first half and it's like he was he was it was just brutal stuff for him but for him to dig himself mm-hmm. out of that like you said and really just like do it in a bunch of different ways whether it was you know getting you know he got the roll on one three and then started hitting that more confidently but it's just making a lot of just heady plays in transition or getting to the rim and things like that so it's like okay if he can be you know at least res- no not even respectable but at least like hold his own offensively there mm-hmm. the intangibles that seem to be there look like they'll be of use to the Celtics like sooner rather than later and like you said it's probably not going to be out of the gate unless you know it's probably gonna need to be like injuries and stuff like that like open the door for that mm-hmm. but with their wing depth right now like that he it's pretty much it for him like off the bench it's like <laughs> if if Tatum or Brown ever go down for a stretch here like they're gonna need someone in that kind of a a size void to fill those minutes defensively and Police mm-hmm. looks like he's might be capable there. Um in spots in the meantime will probably get plenty of reps of a main. Yeah, and I've you know, like we said, like just Eastern regular season minutes, like flying around diving on the floor, right? Like can't quite play him in the playoffs. I you know, that's kind of far fetched and everything. Uh looking very very much still looking forward and everything, but if he if he can make, you know, an impact defensively in a handful of games in the regular season, like I think you're more than happy with that with from the 38th pick and and consider this too like i said be rob like he doesn't turn 20 until next march like this kid is young right like he he still has a lot more development in front of him and i think that's what you know is so exciting former five-star prospect and everything and, and as of right now it looks like a decent draft pick especially you know a little you know top 10 in the second round and everything but like it seems like there's a reason the celtics had you know made four draft day trades and the only player they ended up with was jordan Walsh that night yeah, it's a, it's a situation where, you know, you you gave away a first round pick, um, but you got someone who looks like he'd just be just as well as anyone picked in the twenties at this point, uh, based on, mm. you know, as we make our because first impressions in summer league always matter the most. This is what uh, how people how we accurately judge rookies all around the league. But I do I, th- I do think in this situation, it's like this guy, he's not gonna be a bust. I think it's safe to like, and it's more of like, he's not going to play anytime soon, but this is someone like, this is an NBA player. And there's a lot of, mm-hmm. 
guys that draft in that range where you can't really say that after a few games, but I feel pretty comfortable saying that like, this is a guy who probably is not is like, it's going to play out his deal in Boston, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever time they use him and then go through right here. But let's try to like, we'll spend two more minutes on summer league. Sweetie. I want, I want one take from <laughs> someone else. That's not Jordan Walsh in either direction. Is anyone there? The excitement that the juice of summer league has not necessarily been there this year. So mm-hmm. we're, we might be reaching right here, but what's, what if anything <laughs> is, uh, is sticking out um, for you through these first three games. Hey, Jace Rob looks looks he looks good, right? Potential two way contract guy. It's it's weird because I remember my first summer league in twenty twenty one, the first one after the pandemic, that had like four first round picks on it. I feel like yeah, know, quite a few, a lot of talent. Pan and Pritchard was just lighting dudes up until the finals after. So he got to the finals and played Davion Mitchell after a wedding. Like that was kind of a loose loose <laughs> situation for him. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, uh, I think, yeah, Jay Scrub looks good. Uh, I was pretty impressed with J.D. Davison. I think he only ended up with one turnover in the Lakers game. Uh, you know, he's on a two-way contract next year, and he's another young guy. Like, he's only 20 years old still. So I think some Celtics fans after the first two games are probably like, oh, this guy isn't even, isn't even an NBA player. And I'm like, he's 20. You know, he was picked in the 50s. Like, expectations are low for this guy, right? So just let him develop, see what he's got. And if you and even if he doesn't end up panning out with the Celtics, like maybe he has an overseas career. So it's just, you know, one of those things. But I was impressed with him Wednesday. Um, I think the story of Summer League besides Jordan Walsh is honestly Jay Scrub. Like he's looked fun. He's looked pretty confident in his shot. And I think, uh, right, I feel like he's has to be in the running for the two-way contract slot, one of them at least. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a smaller wing type. But when you look at, you would think that with these two-way contracts, like, okay, you got a guard. You probably want a wing and then you probably want a big with them. Like and just in terms of the yeah, very to kind of cover your bases for the roster. Since those guys, I mean, they can play 50 games, so you can, you know, slide them up to the the big club when you need them. Um mm-hmm. but Scrub, yeah, Scrub does look like he looks you know, Walsh has been solid, but like offensively, Scrub has looked like, you know, has the most complete package right now as far as offensive game mm-hmm. goes. And I'm with you, like that's I would be very surprised if he doesn't get that two-way deal unless they have their eyes on someone that's not on this roster. But he certainly, if they're mm-hmm. going to use this roster to fill up one of those slots, like I'd even take him over like, um, you know, Champagne right now in terms of a guy, you know, if he, he's probably not going to make a 50-man roster, but I think Scrub probably looks like he can help you more um, as far based on what both of those guys are doing in summer league. Yeah, and Scrub's only 22, so it's, you know, right. he's still plenty young, right? It's not like he's 26 or anything like that. I think Fee was pretty old last year, like pretty mid-20s, so maybe that's kind of very... I, I actually really like the extra summer league, or the, sorry, the extra two-way slot, like you mentioned, B-Rob, because it makes positional value in terms of that interesting, but it's just better to see young players get a shot in the league. I always think that's, that's good. Plus, yeah. who knows, maybe they end up like a Sam Hauser and actually become a potential rotation player down the line. For sure. All right. Well, that's enough summer league talk for us. We've we've hit our quota. Um, <laughs> make sure you're following. <laughs> it's uh yeah. Luckily, Switch and I are going to be skipping down soon in Las Vegas. We've seen enough. Um, <laughs> this, these past seventy two hours, and we'll be back in Boston, and we'll see again what happens on this Jalen front. How soon this comes to be, and mm-hmm. if Brad Stevens says. 
anything else up his sleeve here? What's what's your final prediction here? What do we are we seeing any splashy trades to to end the summer here? Or are we just looking at a couple minimum signings? Oh man, I I think the fact that you don't expect a Brad to make a move makes me think there will be a move. Some reverse psychology nonsense. Ooh, right? I like it. Just because I feel like with the Brad Stevens front office, whenever you think you're in the clear and you're in PTO in Minnesota, Kemba Walker just <laughs> traded for Al Horford. So, right? It's just that's just how it goes that's, in the Celtics era. That's how they do. All right, <laughs> make sure you're following Suichi on Twitter at Suichi Tirada. Um, we'll be back with you guys next week as we uh, put a bow on Summer League for Good and see what the rest of this roster looks like.